Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. All right, welcome into the show. Uh, just a quick housekeeping note right at the beginning. Uh, this is going to be our final episode of the quote-unquote spring version of the offseason, I guess I could say, Kurt, the crazy portion <laughs> of the offseason. The NFL is actually going to start downshifting into a little bit of a quieter time. The NFL never sleeps, but this is a little bit of a quieter time coming up, so we're going to take a little bit of a step back. But right off the bat, I just wanted to thank you, Kurt, for showing up every week. It's been a blast doing the show with you. And to all the fans out there that have helped uh, make this a success. I mean, we're almost a year into this thing. In August, we're going to hit a year anniversary. That's kind of sweet. So that's, I just I, I appreciate awesome. I appreciate everyone. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I pre- I always love when I get feedback from people who listen to the show, good or bad. I, I listen to it all. So yeah, it's been this is this is my first venture into this world of podcasts. So so I've enjoyed it for this show, Kurt. I want to lead off with some bigger picture topics and the big pitcher topic I have going into this offseason for the Steelers is it's kind of obvious but it's Big Ben Swan song right this is this yeah. feels like the final season for Ben Roethlisberger yep. and you're going to tell me something that Juju Smith-Schuster said and I just feel like the Steelers go out they bring back Smith-Schuster they draft Najee Harris it's not like your team is terrible on the offensive side of the ball you still have your receivers Ebron and Fryer Muth the tight end now mm-hmm. it feels like the mm-hmm. Steelers are they're kind of set up for one last go at it with Big Ben. Yeah. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster made it pretty clear that he was betting on himself and he's betting on Big Ben for one year. And that was why he chose to come back. You know, I think I think Roethlisberger coming back was a big surprise. I think that, that he and Pouncey were always so tied to each other, their careers. Um, when Pouncey announced his retirement, I think a lot of us, myself included, assumed that, that Ben was just going to kind of follow him out. And when he decided to come back, I think that gave motivation to other players, um, including Smith-Schuster, to think, man, I still want to make my big contract. I didn't get my big free agent contract I thought I was going to get. But if I want to come back and maximize my value, where better than with the guy who knows me the best? You know, the the guy who gives me the best chance to be productive. If I go to to Baltimore, I'm going to be part of an offense that's going to run the ball all the time. I, I don't know what I'm getting there. If I go to Kansas City, I'm still probably the third option in the passing game. So why not stay in Pittsburgh, maximize my value? I took that as, as Smith Schuster's way of saying, I feel like this is Ben's last year. I want to go out with him in a, in, a, in a circumstance in 2020 where I think he can maximize his value. I don't think he was going to have a better year statistically playing for Kansas City or Baltimore. And, and since he didn't get the four- or five-year contract that he was expecting, I think he feels like one year with Roethlisberger is his best bet to not only be successful. I, I, I think he knows, yeah, we want to win. We want to we play good football. But ultimately, it's about getting that second contract, getting that big contract, the, the, the money that sets you up for the rest of your life, those kinds of things. And so, yeah, I, I think that just based on his tone – I think he understands that this is Roethlisberger's last year. You know, the team's going to go into the to next year's offseason with a ton of cap money, not a whole lot of guys to spend it on, and you're going to see some big changes 
that doesn't necessarily mean Smith Schuster's leaving, but I really can't see a scenario where the, this team this year can do well enough or poorly enough to bring Roethlisberger back for the next season, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't think a Super Bowl brings him back, and I don't think a five-win season brings him back. I don't think that desire to go out on a high note is is there for Ben anymore. I think that last year, 11-0, completely fell apart down the stretch. This is his one shot. We'll see what he can do. I have a lot of confidence in him. But so many of these teams are one injury away from being a 500 football team. But right now you've got five or six teams other than Pittsburgh that can win 10 or 11 games. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working on a piece right now where I'm going to kind of rank the teams in the AFC North based on their different positions. And you look at Pittsburgh's offense and defense and where are they the best in the AFC North? Are they best at quarterback? No. Are they best at running back? Probably not. Probably the best group of wide receivers. Definitely not the best offensive line. And so you look at that and go, man, they might win 10 games and still miss the playoffs this year. And so what do you do at that point if you're Roethlisberger? And I just, there, there are too many, too many scenarios where it's not going to be worth his time to come back. Yeah. And last year, Ben was asked to carry that offense a lot, right? They threw the ball a ton. Uh, I know the offense is going to look a little bit different this year. They're going to try to run the football more. Completely new scheme. But I still think with the changes on the offensive line that Ben's still going to have to carry them a little bit, right? And I think the question comes in, like, how much can he do that? Like, how much does he have left in the tank? That's going to yeah. be an interesting storyline this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got to, you know, last year he threw 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, but only threw for about six and a half yards per attempt. And, I mean, you just can't win in the NFL with that. I mean, you just can't move the football. You're not giving your running game any room to operate. So that has to be – Matt Canada's goal as the new offensive coordinator is figure out a way to get the football down the field. I'm not talking about 30, 40 yard bombs, but they've got to be able to, to operate in that, in that medium range passing game at this point this year. And so that's going to fall on Ben at this point that that's got to fall on him. He's got talent. I think he was a little gun shy last year um, with the elbow I think he was a little gun-shy with his offensive line, didn't want to hold the football maybe as long as he had in the past, didn't necessarily trust himself. Um, that's, that's all got to get put aside this year if he's serious about, about giving this team a good, a good chance to, to get into the playoffs and sort of, sort of break this 10-year, um, you know, this last 10 years winning one playoff game. If he wants to go out with that not being sort of his most recent legacy, um, it's it's going to have to be him that, that makes it happen. He's, he's got to work with the new offensive coordinator. They've got to have some compromise. You know, I know Randy Feekner just kind of let Ben do whatever he wanted, and that didn't work. And so I, I hope that he and Matt Canada can coexist and they can come up with a system that that helps them run the football with, a, with much more efficiency than they did last year. But ultimately, when this team needs a play, he's going to be the guy that's going to have to make it. Yeah, and as you were talking there, it was kind of jogging my memory on this post you had on Steelers Wire, uh, the things the Steelers must do this summer, their checklist. Yeah. And uh, if he was a little nervous about the offensive line last year, then he's going to be nervous this year too, right? I mean, you could have a rookie oh, yeah. at center. I mean, that that could very well be coming down the pike. Kendrick Green could yeah. be your center. We'll find out. And you wrote about how you really want them to go out and get a veteran uh, tackle to come in here and yeah. really kind of solidify the depth chart. 
Uh, do you think yep. they could find that this late in the game? I do. I do. I think, and I think this is kind of where the Steelers sort of thrive when it comes to that. They may wait until July. You know, it could it could be when teams start cutting players to make space on to get down to that final fifty three man roster. Yep, yep. You know that that could be where they find a guy. He may not get a ton of preseason reps. Um, he may have to come in and learn on the fly, but at least to have a guy on there that's got some starting experience. You know, if they want to move a core four over to left tackle because he he has more more game experience than Zach Banner, that's fine. But he wasn't great at right tackle last year. So then you've got got him as a new left tackle. You've got Banner, who started, you know, part of one game last year at right tackle before he tore his ACL coming in. I, I just want to have a player that you can come out and go, yeah, this guy might not be a, an all-pro, but he's got 30 or 40 games under his belt as a starter in the NFL, and he's not going to do anything to, to wreck your team. You know, he's going to – He's going to understand assignments and blitz pickups and things like that because really when you think about it, if they start Kendrick Green at center, you've got Kevin Dotson going to start at left guard who's a second-year player. You know, David DeCastro is going to be the guy up there. And you've got to, you're have got you going to have teams that are just going to be dying to try to confuse uh, a brand-new front. And, and, yeah, I'd love to see a veteran, a veteran offensive tackle um, – I was kind of hoping they might get in on the Eric Fisher deal since he was still recovering from a, a torn Achilles and they maybe could get him a little cheaper, give him some time to get well, but that didn't happen. So, you know, at this point, you're, you're going to kind of wait and see if there's a guy who maybe gets passed up by a younger player on the depth chart and the team decides to cut him loose to save a little salary cap and uh, and the Steelers can kind of swoop in sort of like how they did with Joe Hayden several years back. Uh, Cleveland just decided that they they had players to replace him, didn't want to pay him his salary, and and that's worked out great for Pittsburgh. So I'm kind of hoping something similar happens for him this year. But um, you know how they'll handle that if they don't. You know who is going to be their their backup tackles if if that's the case. There's there's not a whole lot to to get excited about on the roster right now. Yeah, and circling back to that quarterback discussion, like you got to start thinking if this is Ben's final season, who's behind him? Right, you got Mason Rudolph. You've got Dwayne Haskins now, who, you know, was dumped by Washington. Pittsburgh picks him up. You still have Joshua Dobbs, who we were screaming for during the postseason last year, right? We were, we were screaming, please give this guy a role, looking for something to help that run game. It didn't happen. You have to wonder, like, is the next guy even on the roster? Because you don't want to become a team like the Broncos or the Jets or the Bears, where you're, like, constantly trying to figure out the quarterback position year after year after year. I don't picture Pittsburgh being that team, but also we haven't been in this situation in a long time, right? They've always been very stable at the quarterback position, at least for the last couple of decades. But we're right. getting to that thing. Right. I mean, it's coming up pretty quick. And I, and I think that you can look at the, the parallels between Pittsburgh's quarterback situation compared to what's happening in Green Bay right now. You know, Gr- Green Bay decided they had to start looking to the future. They drafted a first-round quarterback last year. Um and that completely, you know, that created this horrible situation between ownership and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I've heard pundits say, had the, the, the Packers gone to Rodgers prior to the draft and talked to him about this, maybe it would have been better, whatever the case may be. I think that's why the Steelers have, have always avoided that situation over the last several years. You know, they drafted Mason Rudolph, but he wasn't a first-round pick by any means. You know, I think they have always handled 
Roethlisberger's eventual into his career and his successor uh, with with very gentle steps when it came to Big Ben. Even when they drafted Mason Rudolph, Ben came out and said he wasn't really here to be a mentor to anybody. He's here to play football, win games. You know that that's not. You know, you start calling me a mentor, that means you're you're pushing me out the door, or my days are numbered. And he never would sort of acknowledge that. Now, I think he and Mason Rudolph probably have a pretty good relationship, um, at least by all accounts. Mason's always been very humble and talking about Ben, saying that he, you know, helps him in practice and has, has tutored him on some things. But it's really tough when you have these franchise quarterbacks, these guys who have been in place for so long. You know, they are going to view drafting a quarterback as an affront to them. Yep where, you know, the Steelers have avoided that. What's that going to mean for next year if he doesn't come back? Well, obviously, short of an injury, we aren't going to know what any of those guys backing him up can do in a, in a live game situation this year. So, you know, the, the situation, you know, with, with uh, you know, preseason and things like that is going to be our best bet. And, you know, Haskins is probably the most interesting guy of the bunch. I mean, he's a former first-round pick. No doubt. Um you know, he, he clearly had talent in college. I mean, the, the, you go back and watch him because I, I honestly didn't know a whole lot about him coming out of college because I wasn't really looking at quarterbacks. And so you go back and watch what he did at Ohio State. A very talented football player. I liked him coming into that draft. I did. Yeah. I mean, the knock on him since he's come to the NFL is, is they question whether or not, you know, he sort of has that love for the game and that willingness to work to, to kind of, you know, keep moving forward um, and developing as a player? I don't know. I mean, that, that's always been a, a question mark when you have really naturally talented football players who are sort of getting by on that natural talent. Are they willing to do that? You know, we all know what happened with Jamarcus Russell and when the, the Raiders sent him blank tapes and told him to study the film and he came back and tried to tell him what he'd watch, you know, and so... <laughs> You, you know, the you know the, the guys that don't love football can still be great football players in college. They just really can't be great football players in the NFL. So I don't know what to expect from him. The, the other problem with this right now, and obviously we're a year away, is, is you know, I talked to, talk to our guys from DraftWire, and they're not excited about the quarterback class next year after the top couple of guys. And so if you're Pittsburgh now and you're thinking about that, you're really hoping some guys start playing better if you're looking at a quarterback in next year's draft. Um, I personally don't like the philosophy of, of reeling in veteran free agents and just sort of trying to plug them in. You know, I know the Steelers are going to have some money to spend next year, but I don't really like the idea of if, if Roethlisberger does choose to retire – um, trying to bring in a veteran, you know, stopgap kind of veteran guy to 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 hold down the fort while they develop a young player, whatever it may be. I don't know. It, it, it can turn into a real mess in a hurry. I, I you know, they've had. To, I think they've had to sort of walk this line with Roethlisberger because they wanted him at his best, and and now they're going to have to kind of reap that, you know, if if he does decide to leave because they really haven't haven't planned for the future. And um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. You know, he's he's always been happy with being here on the team, and and maybe that was the trade off that the front office had to make. I don't I don't know, but the, I I don't feel confident right now. If Ben goes down in week two, like he did a couple of years back, 
they're going to have a really good draft pick to, to try to find another quarterback. <laughs> because I don't think there's anybody that's going to carry this team to the playoffs, you know, uh, uh, other than him at this point. Yeah, I think the good news is we're still one year away from that, right? Figuring that out. So next year, all eyes will be on the quarterback position. This year, there's other positions on the Steelers team that uh, are kind of intriguing heading into the summer. We'll get to those coming up next. All right, Kurt, top position battles. Which one's your favorite going into the summer? Is it the center? You know, are you looking at B.J. Finney and Kendrick Green and that whole thing? I know your guy, Buddy Johnson, at linebacker, yeah. is going to be pushing. He's going to be trying to run yeah. Vince Williams off the field, right? So, obviously, yes. corner, we can go back to your uh, your checklist for the Steelers, the things they have to do, their, their honeydew list for the summer. You, you have veteran yeah. corner on that list as well. So, you would love for them to go out yeah. and get somebody to play and maybe bolster that unit and yeah. you know, help out Joe Hayden a little bit. So, what position battle is really piquing your interest going into the summer? I, I mean, center is my number one. I, I really want to see if three college starts by Kendrick Green at center is enough for them to to get him ready to play center in the NFL. Because I, I clearly think, and I just I just wrote this this last week that the more I watch him play in college, after the fact, the more impressed I am with with his ability. I think I think he he fits exactly what the Steelers like out of their center. He can pull. He's very athletic. He just isn't ex- terribly experienced. And so, yeah, center center is the position that I want to watch. Um, I want to see if Green can be ready to play. I want to I want to see if they can get him get him ready to plug into that starting lineup. You know, maybe not week one, but by week three or four. You know, he's he's comfortable with the offense. Um, but maybe the one that's going to have the biggest impact on the team could be slot cornerback. That, that's where I would like to see a veteran. I'm still kind of carrying a torch for Brian Poole that, that Pittsburgh waits long enough that they can bring him in. I think he's a pretty good slot veteran slot cornerback. I think they're going to miss Mike Hilton way more than they're going to miss Steven Nelson when it comes down to it. I think they've got guys who can replace Steven Nelson, but I don't think they have somebody who can replace Mike Hilton at this point. Um, I know that a couple of the local beat guys have talked about Cameron Sutton actually replacing Hilton in the starting lineup as opposed to Nelson. I think when it finally comes down to it, I'm just not sure that's going to be the case. I think they're going to need Sutton on the outside. I don't think that James Pierre is a starting boundary corner. I don't think Justin Lane is. I'm still not convinced Justin Lane's still going to be on the team. I know the he pled down on that weapons charge, but the Steelers front office doesn't like things like that. Um, I think that that's going to be a problem. So then where do you go from there? You've got one cornerback that they drafted in Trey Norwood that they're going to move to safety. And then you have about four guys that they brought in as undrafted free agents to play cornerback. And so, uh, yeah, I'd love to see him bring in a, a veteran slot guy and let Cameron Sutton line up outside and then let let the young guys kind of fill out the depth chart behind him. Because I yeah I'm not I'm not at all convinced that um that the guys on the roster right now can can replace Mike Hilton I just I'm he was too important to this offense or the defense I, I'm you know I'd hate to see them diminish that role just because he's not on the team anymore so I, I hope those two are the two spots I mean yeah I I hope Buddy can get in there and get some reps especially on passing downs he's your guy. Um, I, I know that Vince Williams is a leader. I know he's a, you know, he, he's one of the, the genuine good guys on the team. I was so glad when they brought him back. Um, 
he's a he's an outspoken guy doesn't you know doesn't hold back he's awesome for people like us because he's not afraid to say what's on his mind um but at the same time he's come back and said this is it for him he wants to coach next year so you know maybe that will be he will be open to the idea of a of a lesser role and and let buddy get out there and run because he can he can flat out chase people down and so i'm i'm anxious to watch him play I love it. Some great stuff right there. And obviously we can't talk about the summer without you one more time telling the people that the Steelers need to work on the contract for TJ Watt, right? You they can't got, let this get, to get signed. Can't let this get to September, right? So hopefully got by the time we're, get Yeah, when we're talking in August, when we're talking training camp, hopefully we have something going with TJ Watt. At least they're working on it, right? Because yeah. this this is something yeah. that you've been hammering for uh weeks. And you're still on it, Kurt. You, they got to get this. I don't. I don't like the idea of of going into next off season. I know they're going to have plenty of money, but I don't like the idea of of them potentially deciding to start using franchise tags on him. That that just creates more problems. We've we've seen it too many times with Steelers stars where they franchise somebody and then they can't get a deal worked out. I uh, the the salary cap is a myth. We have seen that this year. We have seen teams with no money figure out a way to re-sign guys 100%. and bonus. And I, I, I'm no cap. I'm no cap wizard. There are people way smarter than me when it comes to salary cap. But when I see a team has $6 million in salary cap, and then they sign a guy to an $80 million extension, there's some kind of wizardry there that I don't, I don't understand, oh, but yeah. I know it exists. There's lots of wizardry, and, no doubt. And, and so I want to see Pittsburgh get a, get an extension in place for TJ Watt. They don't negotiate after the start of the season. So they, they need to get this done. They, they need to figure this out. If that means they've got a, they got a couple more contracts, they can restructure a couple more veterans. They can move some money around. If they got to cut another player to, to get the money there for that initial payment. So be it. I, I don't want to see him leave. I don't want to see TJ Watt on the franchise tag. I want to see highest paid defender in the league, Five-year contract, lots of guaranteed money, keep him on the team. All right, Kurt, so going into the summer, I guess we're on to the summer now. Do you actually get a little bit of a break as the uh, NFL shifts into this gear? A little bit. I mean, at this point, what I'm going to start doing is is I'm going to go basically man by man through the roster, and I'm going to be putting out a lot of, like, player profiles, undrafted free agent profiles to kind of let fans know who are all these guys that the Steelers have added like it, you know, since the season ended. And that's going to be a big thing for me. I watch enough college football that I have an understanding of a lot of these guys, but I know the casual fans, especially guys out on the East coast that are hardcore Steelers guys, maybe aren't big college football fans. So they don't know who, who, who some of these guys are, you know, they don't, they, they know the Steelers have signed them, you know, trust the system. Let's see what they can do. But I want to give people a little more insight into those, some of these players that they've brought in, um, realistically what their what their role could be for the team where they can fall and then start start digging into the roster you know we've got we've got who's going to be at workouts um we've got a timeline of off-season workouts at this point so we're going to try to get everybody ready for who's going to be at what workouts and and what we're you know what to expect from these guys and why it's important and and keep things moving all summer this is when we dig a lot into the archives and kind of think back to to off seasons past and compare to what's happened in other off seasons. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, 
the term we use in the business is evergreen content. You know, we're, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get people a lot of stuff they can look at between now all the way through the season to reference back when it comes to these players. And, uh, and the training camp's going to be here before we know it. You know, once what training camp's going to be here in a hurry. And, uh, and once training camp hits, you know, with, with a more traditional training camp, information's going to be flowing a lot faster than it was last year. Um, fans are going to know a lot more about what's going on with their team. And we want to make sure they know that. And they're, you know, they're, they're up to date on, on who's doing what and, and where the position battles are, because there's always a couple of spots where position battles sort of crop up that we don't expect. I mean, we got a position battle going to happen between putters, you know, and people want to joke about that. But I mean, how many games when you go back and break them down, a couple, especially for the Steelers, a couple of bad punts have cost us team wins in the last couple of years. And so, you know, even even things like that, I, I don't think you can minimize how important they are for this team. So that, there's a little bit of an off season, but not much, not much. No, I'm calling it right now, Kurt Presley Harvin the third. He is the starter at punter. He's gonna oh, he's gonna win that let's freaking go. Day. Let's go. Man. Let's yes. go. I'm here for the I'm here for the punter talk. No doubt about it. I'm in for it. So. uh so, yeah, man, always great stuff. Always great talking football with you, Steelers football. And uh, to all the listeners, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you later this summer. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.